Unity Community of Central Oregon's podcast, featuring Reverend Jane Hyatt. Hi, I'm William, and it's an honor to be here. And uh, for our meditation, let's close our eyes and for a moment feel the weight of our bodies. Scooch in and get comfortable. And just bring your attention to your breath. In Hebrew, the word for breath is ruah, which also means spirit. It's interesting to note that the Latin word for breath, spiritum, is where we get the word respiration or respiritation. In Greek, it's pneuma, which also means spirit or soul. So as we bring our attention and retract it back out of time and space and material world, just to our breath, we breathe all day, 24 hours a day, but mostly unconsciously. Let these be conscious breaths. Let's feel the coolness of our breath coming through our nose and across our throat, feeling it radiate throughout our being. Let's slowly bring our awareness inward to our center and sink into that. Sink into the center from where our perception emanates, the place where we become a witness, a witness of all our feelings and sensation, a witness to the thoughts that go across the screens of our minds. And let's sink into this. This center, this inner part of our being is innocent. It's simply being as things pass by. Let's do this because we're worthy of this. We're worthy of taking this moment to nurture ourselves. And let's sit in silence in the wholeness it's always been and always will be for a few moments.
Let's slowly bring our attention back to the here and now. It's such an honor to be part of this community. And I've been a part of this community for a little over eight years. But to have a group of people to come together to discuss ideas and concepts of our origin, spirituality, what's really important to us now. And a lot of times I try to wrap my brain around what's led us up to this. Sometimes, especially when I think of it on the macrocosm, it just seems bizarre to me that we as a species right now are the sum total of everything that's happened to us. It's carried in our DNA. And we've gone from countless generations of hunters and gatherers, countless generations of agrarian societies, kings, nobles, serfs, warlords, peasants, to uh, the industrial revolution, the steam engine, electricity, nuclear technology, instantaneous worldwide communication in the space of a couple of generations. We're in a time of change that's unprecedented. And the change isn't only manifesting in the world around us, and it is. Um, one of the big things that we're dealing with is personal sovereignty. Um, there was a time when humans didn't have rights. The only people that had rights were people of noble birth. And then it was men, white men, mainly with money and property. But it's only recently that we've recognized and passed laws for the rights of different races, for women, that women have rights and children have rights and people of different sexual orientations have rights. It's as though we're awakening consciously to the idea that we all have rights. And that's being extended to ecosystems, that forests have rights, that oceans have rights. And in the 60s, when we first looked from space at the earth, and as a species realized that we're part of a greater whole, the consciousness shift or paradigm shift began to happen. And it's been happening for a while, but with change comes great resistance. And with change sometimes comes pain. And some of us are further along that idea of all of us having rights, all of us deserving dignity, because it's not just about laws being passed and whether or not they're enforced, but it's about acceptance of this all coming from a same source, that there's one source for all of this and to judge any part of it as being wrong hurts. And in this paradigm, this thing that's happening we have a choice to be part of it. We have a choice to be part of that empowerment. And it starts from the inside out. It starts from inside and then goes out. And it starts with our thoughts because we wake up inside of ourselves every day and we go to sleep inside of ourselves every day. And I truly believe the first part of waking up is listening to the conversations in our heads and noticing them. I heard a cool thing in a dream one time and I'll never forget it. Um, it goes like this, follow me on a little journey in words. Darkness reminds us of light. Fear reminds us of love. Weakness reminds us of strength. Hang on, time out. Darkness reminds us of light. Fear reminds us of love. Weakness reminds us of strength. 
It is only because we come from light that darkness is unclear. It is only because we come from love that fear is uncomfortable. It is only because we are designed to be free that any degree of helplessness we find to be so disgusting. If we were designed to suffer, then suffering would feel good. And that's a compass for us. When we begin to watch our minds, we begin to notice ideas and thoughts and concepts and belief systems that no longer serve us. Anything that hurts isn't something we would choose to feed. And yet, what do we feed with what we watch or what we read? What do we feed with the scenarios we run in our mind? It's a powerful idea that we're not our thoughts. Just like our bodies breathing every day with no conscious effort, our mind is turning all the time with no conscious effort. It just goes. Sometimes it goes to places we don't want to go. And that's the beginning of waking up. It's the beginning of personal sovereignty to start to consider what thoughts and beliefs that do not serve us any longer. And we end up projecting out our own insecurities on other people. There's a concept called polarity. And um, I learned it first from the Hermetic teachings and, and Jane noted on it recently. So just, just as an idea, as a working concept, let's take temperature. Temperature is one thing. You could say 20 degrees is cold. You could say 80 degrees is hot, but they're both different degrees on a pole of spectrum. If we take, for instance, love, love is one thing, but there are degrees of love and shadows of love. Um, if someone's operating at a state of fear, they're going to act and behave out of a state of fear. I've done shadow work and I probably will be doing shadow work for the rest of my life where I come up with the thought or concept or belief system that no longer serves me. It doesn't make me happy. It brings me pain or suffering. And a lot of times I've gone through my life and, and thought about the times when I felt small, I felt afraid, times when I behaved badly or felt deeply ashamed. And now I look back at those moments and I can see that time I was in a great deal of fear. I was scared. And instead of thinking that I'm bad, I can now see that as, well, I was operating from a state of fear. And now that I look out at the world, when I look out of the world using this perspective, I'm not in a place of judgment as much. When I see things in the world that hurt my feelings or I feel afraid about, those people aren't bad. They come from the same source that we do, but they're operating from a state of fear. And in this consciousness that, that's happening and developing, we have a choice. It's, it's kind of a big deal. It is a big deal. And, um, and it reminds me of another illustration that I would like to share with you. Um, this I heard in a dream also. There was a little boy and there was a little girl and they were lost in a dungeon. And the dungeon was cold and dark and damp. And they had been lost in this dungeon for so long, they had forgotten anything else. It was all they knew. And one day, as they crawled out of a cramped corridor, they entered into a chamber that felt expansive. And they noticed up high something glimmering, something shimmering, something bright. And they walked towards it as though it were an answer to a question they didn't know they were asking, but they wanted the answer all the same. As they drew closely, they noticed that rising up off of the dungeon floor was a narrow staircase. And they trepidly began walking up the staircase, holding hands. And as they approached this light, 
they saw that there was a door barely cracked open and the light was streaming through the crack in the door and they just reached out their hand to touch the light, just to feel the light. And just as they were about to touch the light, a voice emanated up off the dungeon floor and it said, little boy, little girl, whatever you do, don't go into the light. And the little boy looked down into the dungeon and said, why not go into the light? It's beautiful, it's golden, it's shimmery. And the voice said, whatever you do, don't go into the light, for it will ex expose you for the naked, pathetic little creatures you are. And the little boy looked at the door and looked back down into the dungeon. And then the voice said, come back down here where it's safe. And the little boy didn't know what to do. And the little girl, all she could think of was getting on the other side of that door and dancing in the light. And she pulled him up towards the door and he held his ground. And there came a moment of decision. And the real question is, what would you wish for them to do? And the truth of that is, what you wish for them, you wish for you. Should they bust open the light, dance in the light, or go back down into the dungeon? And in a lot of ways, that's a decision we make for ourselves. When I first saw that in a dream, I didn't realize I was that little boy. It was as though I had a feeling of unworthiness. I didn't feel like I deserved to be happy. That was old programming. But the part of personal sovereignty is busting that door open. It's making that choice. It's looking at ourselves honestly and healing the aspects of ourselves that are not operating properly, recognizing when we're coming out or when we're operating from fear. And, and we have some guides to this that, that are built within us. And one of the big ones is our breath. When we're in a state of fear or resistance, our breath gets shallow. When we're in a state of happiness or ease, our breath is deeper, it's easier. When we're in a state of fear, our body's building cortisol and adrenaline, which then breaks down our immune system. When we're in a state of love, our immune system's operating, our body's operating at optimum levels. We're able to learn and retain more. It's something that's a personal decision for each of us in any given moment, and it's a practice, but, it, but we're worthy of this. It's a practice that pays dividends. Um, in my life, the more I do this, it's almost like, hang on time out. When I get in a negative spin, I can feel a vortex spinning down. And I used to be a victim of that because I didn't know anything else my mind would spin off to try to find every reason to justify and prove this vortex. Or if I was feeling insecure, I might act in hubris or arrogance because I was compensating for something. And the more I practice forgiveness, forgiving myself first, you can't give away something you don't have, but even forgive myself a moment of anger and making amends or forgiving myself and loving myself when I feel scared, it's uh, they call it interparent work that where before I had no voice soothing me. Now I have a voice there. As I grow to love myself, I'm able to love others. And, and that's a practice, too. Um, it's interesting how my values have changed in what I think is really valuable. You know, I was raised to where who shouted the loudest and threw the biggest fit wins. 
and and my values completely changed to to one of more humility. Sometimes I think real super well not sometimes I do think real super hero powers are powers like forgiveness. When we forgive ourselves, we set ourselves free. When we forgive others, we set the world free. There is an innate intelligence to life. Life has an innate intelligence and it knows where it's going. And we're part of life. Life isn't simply happening to us as perceivers. We're part of this life that's happening. We're not only receiving, but we're transmitting all the time. There's another concept such as grace, and grace is a real thing. I see it as an infinitely reoccurring undulation of light, sound, frequency, vibration flowing through and around all things and encompassing everything in between, and it's accessible to us at all times. And we can have grace for ourselves. We can have grace for others. Right now, this is a beautiful time to be alive. This is an epic time to be alive. Our forefathers plowed the same 20 acres their whole life. They uh, died at 40 from impacted molars. Our mothers often died at childbirth. They ate the same food day after day. And we live in a time of some great abundance. And as the paradigm shifts, resources will change, values will change, and we get to be a part of that change. We get to be conscious and sovereign of our own beings. And we have this time to work on ourselves. What a beautiful time because we're the ones who have to live with ourselves for the rest of our lives. And our lives do go beyond the body. But while we're here in the body, what a great time to nurture ourselves, to plant seeds of empowerment, to meditate on beautiful things. Our mind is working 24 hours a day and creating 24 hours a day, and often we're not conscious of it. It takes diligence and vigilance to become conscious of it and continue to work on it. However, the payoff is we become agents of light in a time of perceived fear. We become channels of the loving cosmos. We become a person that we can snuggle up with and fall asleep with peace in our minds and our hearts open. And that's pretty much it. Also, I wanted to say something about the holographic nature of this reality. Through quantum mechanics and mathematics, we're discovering it's a holographic nature. We're all electromagnetic beings. If we can hold grace within us, learn to live with it. I mean, learn to be comfortable with grace. It's a beautiful thing. And I've seen people with grace walk into a room of disturbance and just change the whole room. When we can look past someone's moment of fear and see the truth in them, we're bringing that out. When we believe in them, we're giving them permission to believe in themselves. When we trust, we're giving people permission to trust themselves. And blessings, my God, we have this magnificent power to bless each other, to bless moments and situations. It's, be, it's totally socially acceptable to curse. <laughs> It blows my mind. I remember in the 80s, what was popular was making someone feel small so that you could feel better. Every TV show, sitcom would have characters in it. There would be one or two characters that just jokes were made about that person constantly so everyone else could feel better about themselves. There's no victory in the defeat of someone else. And there's no defeat in the victory of someone else. We do not need to stand in each other's shadows. 
the idea that we can source our self-esteem by someone else feeling smaller is an empty feeling. And the idea that if we see someone better than us, we have to feel smaller is an empty feeling. Our personal, our personal sovereignty is not subject to the perspective of the world. Our personal sovereignty is eternal. Waking up to our personal sovereignty allows us to be a player in this life, allows us to shape and mold this life to what we're worthy of, and then to give that respect back to others. And it's a, we're having conversations today that our grandparents couldn't dream of. We're experiencing things today that are completely unprecedented. And we can bring this light into everything we do, and it feels good. It's our natural state. It's what we're worthy of. And um, I just want to thank Kevin and Nico and Claire and Jane and the whole Unity team and Soulshine. Um, this didn't come out exactly how I had planned, but that's basically what I wanted to talk about is our innate sovereignty and how we as a species are waking up to that. And it may not be televised, but it's happening everywhere all the time. And it may not be universally implemented, but we've come so far in such a short period of time. And this is a beautiful age to be alive. This is a beautiful time right now. And this will all have its ebbs and flows. Life has its natural ebbs and flows, and this too shall pass. We will be meeting together in person again. And if we look for the best, we will be given the best. Our mind is a super magnifying um, organ in us, and whatever we focus on will come, will come to us. Whatever we focus on will magnify and grow. It's been proven over and over again. And I'm grateful to be here. It's an honor. And I just love you guys and, and thank you. Northern lights in our skies, plants that grow and open your mind. Things that swim with the neon glow. How we all got here, nobody knows. These are real things. These are real things. Oh, what a
is a real things yeah these are real things oh what a world i don't want to leave all kinds of magic all around us it's hard to believe thank god it's not too good to be true to be true. 